You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, calling all travel bugs. If you have a desire to travel the world and see new cultures and places, but are feeling stuck on how to actually accomplish it when you're living life on a tight budget, this episode is for you. We fully believe you can travel cheaply no matter what financial season you're in if travel is a priority to you. Despite what the movies might make you believe, every trip or vacation doesn't have to look like room service hangs in the Ritz-Carlton. You don't have to be mega rich in order to travel. You just got to be crafty and smart and know your travel hacks, which is where we come in. In this episode, we go over ways to book the cheapest trip ever from flights to rental cars to lodging to food. So if you're ready to pursue your travel dreams while still saving money in the bank, stay tuned because this episode for you. Let's do it. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hey now, hey now, this is what travel dreams are made of. <laughs> all right, guys. Anyone, well, anyone feel us with the Lizzie McGuire? Oh, man. Okay, well, all of our ridiculousness aside, today we're so excited to be coming at you with a bunch of travel hacks for how to travel the way you want, for cheap, to where you want, see the world, get out, explore. Lindsay and I, for anyone who doesn't kind of know us and our stories, have basically traveled the entire world for the last few years. Um, both of us have traveled a ton in our lives, but especially in the last few years, we've basically been nonstop on the road. So we have learned a lot about ways to make travel discounted, to find those hacks and those loopholes to cut your budget and pricing down when you're traveling, to be able to go where you want, when you want, for way less than most other people are paying. So today we're going to dive on in to a bunch of those strategies. And then you can live your Lizzie McGuire dreams and hopefully fly <laughs> to Rome and meet a pop star at the Chetty Fountain. And go on a scooter ride. Yeah, it's a All vibe. Right, let's <laughs> dive on in. The first thing that we want to talk about is flight trackers. So there's a bunch of different ways to book flights for cheap. And we're going to go over our favorite ways to track flights and just the different sites that we look for. Um, well, sites and apps that we look for to find cheap flights. So the first one that I super love is Google Flights. A lot of people know about this, but in case you don't, um, you literally just go to Google and type in Google Flights. Um, <laughs> and the reason I love it is because when you search your flight, it has a calendar view that you can see the price on every single day. So that way you can kind of see like what weeks and what days specifically in the time that you're looking for that are the cheapest. Um, that's why I super love Google Flights. Google Flights is super amazing too because you can have a like set alerts for that flight that you've been looking at. So it'll tell you, um, hey, you know, your price that your flight has gone down about 50 bucks. This is probably the lowest it'll be. You should probably book now. Or it'll be like price has gone up 100 absolutely wait. It'll go back down. Like It'll give you alerts like that. Um, Lindsay and I both use Google Flights pretty much for everything that we do with our travel. And what's funny is with most people's browsers, if you go in and you type like F for like 
Facebook or something, it'll like pop up like a suggestion, which is m- for most people, Facebook. Yeah. For us, it's flights.google.com, which is always what we look for. So, um, so we use Google Flights a ton. The second one is Hopper and Hopper is super great too. It's a very similar concept. Um, it's and- an app. Yes. And it's an app that you can have on your phone. You can set alerts. It'll do the same thing and send you alerts on like the price and when you should book and encourage you and kind of guide you through that. And I know Hopper does like color codes. So it colors it, whether it's like super high priced for that season or if it's mm-hmm. super cheap, it'll, I think it'll be green. Um, so that kind of tells you if it's like a cheap steal for that time zone or not that time zone, that like season and then that like flight pattern or if it's really expensive. Um, the next one is Skyscanner. That's just another website, just kind of like Google Flights, um, but you can get really cheap flights on there as well. Um, I personally don't use that one, but I've heard a lot of people that use it and have super big success with it. And the thing with all of these, personally, what I usually do, especially if I'm taking like a personal trip and I'm really trying to get like the cheapest flight that I can, I'll go in and I'll search for different flights on Google Flights, Hopper and Skyscanner. Um, and I'll set alerts on all three. So I'm able to kind of monitor and track them and see if there's any sort of price difference. I'll also go directly to the airline's websites to just confirm that there's no like third party, like price raising or anything like that. Um, so you can totally go to multiple of these track, like flight trackers and set alerts on all of them. So you're getting all of those alerts. Um, this tip is for the students out there. When I was a student and I was studying abroad in England, the way that I booked my flight, um, from Kansas where I lived at the time and to London was student universe. This is only for students. So if you're not a student, I'm so sorry, but if you are a student, this tip is genius. It's literally just cheap freaking flights for students. So studentuniverse.com, um, I'm pretty sure you have to put in like your student ID number. So that's the way they know that you're a student. So if you're not a student, again, you can't use this. I'm so sorry. Um, but if you're a student, Student Universe saved my butt when I traveled and studied abroad in college. The other thing that Lindsay and I both have subscriptions to and utilize are email notifications for flights and trips, such as, uh, I believe Lindsay uses Scott's Cheap Flights and I use Pomelo Travel. They're basically the same. They're pretty much the exact same thing. They basically look for fare wars between airlines. They look for like accidental fares, like mistaken fares where the airline doesn't mean to have it that low or just different things like it's during peak season and it's a flight to Italy for like 200 round trip, like things like that. So it'll send you email updates on usually, I believe, I don't know about Scott's Cheap Flights, Lens, but for me, Pamela Travel is all international flights. Yeah, it's the same. And you can choose like your area of, you know, the states or like wherever you are. Your so, home airport. Yeah. So you can choose like the different like regions. Like for me, I have mostly West Coast. So I look at, you know, even like San Francisco and San Diego and LAX and like just different areas along like the West Coast. So that's my region that I'm always looking at flights from. Um, And it basically just sends you alerts and it'll be like, hey, flights from LAX are 198 to London Um, or like, hey, they're, you know, whatever. So it, it gives you the list of the that flight to that destination, whether that's London or Bali or Italy or whatever. And it'll give you a bunch of prices from some of the major airports in your region. So then you can see just what it's looking like. So that's a super amazing. There are free plans with that, or you can pay like it's, I think I pay like 80 bucks a year. Oh, it's not. Pomelo. Scott's Maybe it's like 30. Yeah. It's ours is like 40 a year, which is so cheap guys. Yeah. And the free version, it it just tells, it sends you like general good flight, like things like it sends you less emails 
and you get it after the subscription people get it. So yeah. they might have already gone and snagged any of those flights and people, you know, the airline realized their mistake and fixed it or whatever. So you, there's a little bit of a downside of doing the free side. But honestly, with the money that you save, the subscription per year is next level cheap, like so crazy cheap. And that's where you can actually input your home airport. And so for me living in Hawaii, I put all of the Hawaiian like islands airports as my home. But then I also put West Coast because you can put as many or as little home airports as you want. And it'll just send you notifications for cheap flights from that airport. So I put all the West Coast cities too, because if I get a cheap flight from like Seattle to Oslo, Norway for some, if I want to go to Norway, <laughs> um, then I could look. And if that's a super cheap flight, then I could maybe get a cheap flight from Honolulu to Seattle, um, like on my own and kind of do my own layover. So it, even if you live in Wisconsin, look at home airports, like in Minnesota and like different cities that you could potentially drive to or get a cheap flight to. And that's the nice thing that I love about Pomelo travel is yes, you could do your home airport, but you can also just do regions. So that's yeah. what I love. Um, and it'll also tell you like, it'll do beyond, it'll just do the entire United States. So I might realize that, oh my gosh, there's like $150 round trip flight to Italy from New York. And then I can go look at like, okay, what's LAX to New York? Like, cause that probably is going to be way cheaper. And then like, still it's under like 400 bucks round trip to Italy. Um, so things like that are awesome. So those are some of the flight trackers that we use and love. And then we're going to dive into a couple of strategies on how to book your travel on flights. Um, and just tips and tricks on that to actually keep that budget and price down still. So the best way to get the cheapest flight is to have a flexible date that you're traveling. If you have to travel on a very specific date, then it like you typically just have to like deal with whatever price the airlines are giving you for that date. But if you're flexible, if you just want to go somewhere um, and your season is a little bit flexible, that's where you can really play around and try to get the cheapest flight possible. And that's again, why we love Google flights, just because you can play around and see what cheapest day is to fly out. The other thing with all of this is, I think we kind of mentioned this when we were talking about like Pamela Travel and Scott's Cheap Flights, but keep flexibility with your airports. Um, it might be way smarter for me to fly out of San Francisco, even though that's like six hours from me, but I might save like like 400, 500 bucks on a round trip international flight. Um, and, you know, just keeping in mind that other airports coming into or out of will probably in the long run end up saving you money if you're willing to make a little bit of a drive. Well, and I know you, for example, like you could fly out of LAX, but sometimes you fly out of Santa Barbara, which is Correct. a smaller airport. Or Burbank. Yeah. So I have LAX, Burbank, Santa Barbara. I technically have flown in and out of slow as well, which is like three hours from me. So just keeping things like that in mind. And I know when I lived in Ohio, I was in Columbus, which was like a little bit north of Columbus, which is kind of the center of the state. And we have three major airports in Ohio. We have Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. And so I would look at all three. Cincinnati was definitely the furthest from me, but sometimes they had really, really cheap flights. Um, but I would honestly often rotate going into and out of Columbus and Cleveland all the time, depending on what was cheaper. And sometimes the price difference is shockingly different. Like there were times when a flight out of Cleveland was like 250 bucks cheaper than Columbus. The other thing to keep in mind when you're traveling, if you're going to multi-cities or saying you're do say you're doing like a three-stop trip, um, is doing the multi-city option when you're looking at flights instead of round trip. Or you can look at one-ways, like two one-ways. Sometimes it's cheaper than a round trip, depending on like where you're going. So whether you're flexible in like the location that you're going to or you're doing a multi-city trip, I would choose the multi-city option or the one-way option just to double check and make sure the round trip isn't like more expensive than those. I've actually done a ton of my travel with one-ways. Um, 
And it's often the thing to keep in mind with that too, is do one ways with multiple airports. Because I know like exactly same situation with my Ohio airports, I would often fly out of Columbus and fly into Cleveland. Um, And obviously that's difficult if you're like parking a car at an airport, but if you can get a family member or friend to drive you, or you're able to like Uber or something like that, like that can save you so much money. I don't know why, but pay attention to one ways and pay attention to multiple airports as well. Um, Something else that is good to keep in mind is there's a lot of budget airlines out there like Frontier and Spirit or in Europe, I know like Wow Air or I don't know if they they went bankrupt. They're out. They're gone. They're gone, which is sad. Like Ryanair or EasyJet, like things like that. There's budget airlines, which can make it cheaper, but be in... Be in mind, be in mind, be mindful of the fact that a lot of those budget airlines have hidden fees with baggage, and you can basically just bring like a personal item that's like the size of your palm, and like anything bigger is like five thousand bucks. That I'm being dramatic, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, just double check when you're using a budget airline to make sure that the baggage fees don't actually make it just as much like expensive as like a Delta flight or something. And the other thing to keep in mind with those budget airlines, like, yes, they can be amazing, but just keep in mind that they often have awful layovers, super long travel times, and the flights are very often canceled. Um, so just keeping things in mind, like if you, if you have something to get to, or you have like a strict deadline or like anything like that, be careful when budgeting or booking budget airlines. Um, But if you have flexibility, if it's just a leisure trip and you have tons of time and like you're willing to risk that, then go for it. But if you're traveling for work, for clients or anything like that, be very, very, very cautious with the budget airlines when you have responsibilities on the line. Another sneaky little hack for traveling and making sure you keep the prices as low as possible for those flights and things. A lot of airlines, rental car companies, uh, hotels, they look at how many people have been searching for those bookings over those dates, and then they'll raise or lower their prices accordingly. So keep that in mind when you're searching. If, for example, if you're constantly referencing a flight to London, the airlines are paying attention to how many visits and, and hits they're getting on that flight. And if they're constantly getting a lot of searches, they're going to be bumping those prices thinking there's a high demand and request for that date and that flight. I mean, it's smart. It's stupid from the consumer (laughs) perspective. So a way you can get around that is to use an incognito browser. So a private browser, whether that's on your computer or on your phone, basically hide the fact that you're searching that flight from the airline or whatever company that you're trying to book with and keep that price as low as possible. So I don't know necessarily how to do it on a PC because I don't have one, but you can Google it. It's pretty straightforward. But for Macs, it's Command-Shift-N if you want to pop up a private browser. And then on your phone, if you go to your browser on your phone and go to click a new tab, on the left bottom side, there's a little button that says private. And if you click that, that's going to pop you into a private browser on your phone so you can search the flight too. That's for iPhones, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know anything for Google, Android, whatever. But again, you can, you can Google it. <laughs> yes. Um, this tip is just for military. Um, so military people, listen up. Um, another great way to travel for cheap is space A travel. I haven't personally done it myself, um, but I've heard a lot of my friends that have done it. It's a way that you can basically hop on military flights for free. And I know that they go by like, they like mention it last minute and then you can like see if you can get a seat. Um, so it's a little bit hit or miss. You can't like for sure do it. So if you're going to like uh, something that you can't miss, don't use space A. But if you're flexible on your travel again, that's a really great way to travel for military people. Another travel hack to keep in mind is pretty common, but if you're not aware of it, if 
a f- airline has overbooked their flights, which they do all the time. It's very common for an airline to overbook knowing that a lot of people might not make their flights. They'll be late. They'll cancel, whatever. Um, they usually overbook flights just a tiny bit. So they have that flexibility and they're not just constantly flying empty airlines. But the problem with that is that if everyone does check in, they have an overbooked flight and basically can't take all of the passengers that have booked. So they'll usually like from the stand or whatever, say like, hey, you know, this is like an overbooked flight. Uh, we have travel vouchers if somebody's willing to stay like an extra day or take the next flight out or overnight or whatever it is in that situation. So the really great thing about that is if you're traveling more flexibly, you have time, you, you know, you don't have a really strict itinerary, you're not traveling for work, whatever that is you can rush up to that podium and get the voucher, which usually is pretty substantial. Um, I would just listen to the price that they're saying, because if they're wanting you to stay overnight and like go out the very next like day, like next evening, and they're offering you a $200 voucher, it might be worth it. It might not. But usually it's pretty substantial. Like four to 800 bucks is like pretty common. Um, and that's a really great way. They put you up in a hotel. They usually give you a food voucher. Um, so basically your meal and lodging is like covered if it's an overnight thing. Otherwise you could like sit in the airport and just chill. Um, but that's a great way to basically get free cash to continue traveling. I have a personal example from this exact situation. Um, when me and Andrew were dating, we went to California to San Francisco to visit some friends. And that's actually when he proposed to me, which was awesome. Um, and Woo-hoo. so <laughs> we were on our flight back to Kansas where we lived at the time and we had a layover in Salt Lake City. So we were in Salt Lake City um, just waiting for our flight to board and they made an announcement and they were like, hey, um, we overbooked the flight. Basically everything that Evie said, would anybody be willing to stay um, back for, I think it was, they started with like a $600 voucher and we looked at each other and we were like, What? And Andrew was still a student and he was like, okay, I have a class tomorrow morning, but it's skippable. I could skip it. And we were sitting there like debating and like we were engaged and like not living together. And so we were like, okay, if we do it, we want like separate rooms um, because that's just like our faith and belief. And so we were like, okay, we do we want to do it? Can we do it? And so we were like, let's do it. Let's do it. Like that's $600. Let's do it. And so by the time we had discussed it and Andrew was like going up to the podium, they had raised it because nobody was taking up on their offer. So then they were like a $900 voucher per person. And so he was like rushing to the podium and he was like, hi, me and my fiance (laughs) just got engaged. And that would be a really sweet thing. Like he was just trying to like milk it like for honeymoon money. (laughs) And they gave us it. And so they st- like gave us two hotel rooms that night in Salt Lake City, gave us travel vouchers. It was great. And we got to fly out um, the next morning and they put us on first class, which was really awesome. As like, oh, hey, we messed up your travel. Here's a like... Here's, here's a condolence prize. Yeah, here's a <laughs> condolence prize. You get first class on the flight out. And so it was awesome. And that paid for our honeymoon. So that doesn't always happen and you can't plan for it. But if you ever hear an airline say that and you are flexible, like hop on that because travel vouchers are awesome. Yeah, I think both of us have done that multiple times when we've had flexibility. Um, and that's just super great. It's a great way to basically get free travel money. Yeah. Okay, so we just covered a lot of travel tips for airline travel. But if you want to travel for cheap, if you are um, on a strict budget, road trips are also a great option. Road travel is almost always cheaper than air travel. Um, And I have a really good example of this. Uh, During our first year of marriage, I just have so many examples, guys. Um, (laughs) Me and Andrew were very, very poor. We were all living on a strict budget. He was still a student working like two part-time jobs. And I had just started going full-time in my photography. So I was like not making hardly anything um, because, you know, full-time life right when you start is fun. Um, And so 
travel was still a huge priority to us, um, even in that season. And so what we did was took um, our fall break and then our Thanksgiving break, just basically any like student break that we had uh, when he wasn't in class. And we road tripped to Colorado and Texas, which are, you know, kind of neighboring-ish states to Kansas. And we didn't fly. We road tripped. We made it so much fun. And we saved a ton of money by doing that. Like we made our own meals and just road tripped to national parks and different fun places like that. So if you can't fly, if that's too expensive and you just want to have a fun, cheap way to go on a short weekend trip, road tripping is also a good option. The thing to keep in mind with road tripping though is you just have to be aware, depending on the length of your trip and where you're going to be staying, sometimes it actually costs more to road trip and lodging for like the length of the trip to actually get to your final destination. Mm -hmm. So just keeping those things in mind, like I've road tripped from Ohio to California like three or four different times, but with all the lodging of like, it's usually like a three-ish day trip and that's like an Airbnb or a hotel of like roughly a hundred a night that usually ends up being almost more expensive than just flying directly to your location. So just keep those things in mind and we'll touch on lodging and like all of that in the next section. So we'll even talk a little bit about camping because what you can do is camp on a road trip, which is definitely keeping your costs down lower. I think road trips are really helpful if you're not going super far. Like if you're going to a neighbor state or even in your same state, but just like a different location, that's when road trips come in handy versus flying like just a quick 30-minute flight that costs like $300. Exactly. So yeah, you can keep those things in mind and just kind of be smart when you're trying to navigate like transportation to get to your location. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Hey, Heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you 
you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right. So the next section we kind of want to talk about and dive into is lodging. Uh, We're going to start with hotels. So something to keep in mind when you're going to book with a hotel is there are often like programs, memberships, corporations like that you can get discounts through. For example, if you're a AAA member, um, if you're a Costco membership or like Sam's Club member, whatever, things like that, you can often get great discounts through those. So pay attention when you're going to book, see if there are any discounts you can do. The other great thing that you can do is utilize uh, hotel like search engines. So basically like Kayak, Hotels.com is a great one, uh, RumorTravel.com, um, hoteltonight.com. Like all of those are really, really great ways to find discounted rooms for various reasons. Um, so go search things like that, that are going to be able to offer those discounts in a way that like a Google search wouldn't. Something else that you can try is price matching. So for example, if you book a hotel, um, or if you're looking for hotels where one is cheaper than the other, sometimes different hotels will price match something that's similar or a different website will price match something from another website. It's not always foolproof, but it's a thing to ask and to double check. Another quick tip for hotels is to book through the airline or through your rental car company or something like that. Oftentimes, if you do bundles like that, they have like affiliate collaboration discounts. I don't really know the right word for that, but they have partnership discounts that are going to lower the price for you. I know, you know, certain airlines like Southwest has great discounts on hotels and rental cars. Um, So if you are going to book a hotel, keep in mind that you can book it with some of your other travel and lower the rate there. Um, Lastly, for hotels, um, if you don't mind the opposite of bougie, if you, if you don't mind uh, sharing some rooms with a lot of people and being a little more grungy, hostels are a great option. Yeah. Um, when I studied abroad in England, me and my friends literally traveled to probably every Western European uh, country you could think of, and we lived it up in hostels. Hostels are so cheap. If you don't know what a hostel is, I will break it down real fast for you. It's basically just like a room with like 15 plus bunk beds. Uh, I mean, they range and vary different how many people are in one room. Usually it's co-ed. Sometimes it's more expensive if you want to choose like a a single gender uh, room or whatever. But uh, they're really, really cheap. And oftentimes they have like communal breakfast areas and like hangout spaces. So it's a lot. You're not, if you're like super clean and like you want like your own room and your own bathroom, don't do hostels. But if you are willing to be cheap and to meet new friends, potentially, uh, when we were in Spain, we hung out with people from our hostel and it was super fun, um, just to meet uh, different people and like go explore the city together. So if you want to like hang out and like you're flexible in that way, hostels probably aren't good for family travel, but if you're like a single Pringle, um, on the road and you are wanting cheap travel hostels are a really great option. The one thing I will say about hostels is I personally have not stayed in any because I'm usually traveling alone as a single woman. And I have heard just some warnings about traveling alone in hostel situations as a single girl. And I know people have done it. I know women have been, you know, 
very successful with traveling in hostels alone. But I just wanted to put out there, please be careful if you are a young girl or just a woman who is traveling alone. Hostels can not only be... They can be amazing and super cheap. They can also be very, very dirty and potentially very unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be aware of those things. If I was traveling with a friend, if I travel with my brother, for example, I am way, way, way more willing to travel in a hostel than if I'm traveling alone. So just keep those things in mind when you're looking at this option. Yeah, I will say when we traveled, um, when I studied abroad, I was with three other girls. So we were like a group together. We stayed in hostels and that felt safe. Um, and something else a lot of hostels have like lockers that you can purchase like a lock for. So that way you can keep your stuff secure if you're out exploring the city for the day. Um, so that's a great option. I will say when I was studying abroad, I went to Ireland by myself because all my other travel friends like went there with their boyfriends. And I was like, okay, fine. I will go to Ireland by myself. Um, and I really wanted to go, but I still wanted to travel for cheap. So I stayed in a hostel, but for when I was traveling by myself, I specifically chose at a female only room that was like super safe and a lot like I think it had four beds total versus like 15. Mm-hmm. So that way it would still be safer. And I really, when I was traveling alone, like you said, I really wanted the priority to be like female only. So mm-hmm. I would feel super safe. So and yeah, be be cautious. Yeah. And there are ranges of, of price points with hostels too. Like there are hostels that are like 30 bucks a night, like 20 bucks a night. And there are ones that are, you know, 50. Like, and you, yeah. you can kind of pay attention to like, the safety, the cleanliness and stuff as well. So just do your research on hostels, but I have heard amazing things about them, especially for international travel. That is an amazing way to experience the culture, gain new friends and stay for really, really cheap. If you're just planning to be out and exploring and not just sitting in a, in a hotel room or an Airbnb, which leads us into number two when it comes to lodging. We're going to talk a little bit about Airbnbs. Yes. So for Airbnbs, a really good thing to do is book super far in advance. Um, a lot of places, book you can book them for cheaper if you book far in advance versus if it's like more last minute. Typically, Airbnbs raise their price the closer it gets to the booking um, time. Something else when booking Airbnbs is to go into go to the place in off season. Um, for example, like if you're going to a tropical location where everyone goes there in the summer, um, Airbnbs probably have a higher rate for the summer. But if you go in winter or just like an off season where not as many tourists are coming, then they typically have a cheaper price point for that travel. The next one is if you haven't stayed with Airbnb before, you can get $40 off your first stay by getting like a referral link from somebody else. So we'll have our referrals um, linked in the show notes for you guys if you want to go get $40 off your first stay with Airbnb. Or if you are a regular Airbnb user, pay attention to that affiliate like link that you can give people because not only do they get rewarded and get $40 off their first stay, but you also get money back on sharing them and having them sign up for Airbnb. So be smart with that. If you know people who um, haven't used Airbnb before going on a trip, like share that with them because you earn money and they save money. So it's a win-win in that situation. Something else with Airbnbs is the longer you stay, oftentimes the more discounted the rate gets. So if you're going for an extended stay, like a month or even a few weeks, sometimes you can get a cheaper deal. Um, I mean, sometimes that's not cheap in the long run because you're actually like traveling that long. But if you are and you're looking for a discounted rate, a lot of, a lot of times the Airbnbs um, can do a discounted rate based on how long you stay. Most of the time, most Airbnbs do have a weekly discounted rate and a monthly discounted rate. So that's something to keep in mind if you're like wanting to you know switch locations or like you naturally would maybe want to switch Airbnbs for like a two-week trip somewhere. It might actually save you money to stay in one Airbnb for a full week and then another one for a full week instead of hopping around. The other thing just with that is keep in mind like if, it's, if you're taking a a six-day trip, 
it will probably actually save you money to take a seven-day trip and get that discount. Um, But just pay attention when you're booking to discounts like that. Um, And last-minute discounts, I will say, on Airbnbs, usually if you're trying to book it last minute, if you didn't book it far in advance, you can sometimes, the hosts will be discounting that trip because it's so last-minute and they just want to book it. Um, So pay attention to that or feel free. This is always a little bit like, be careful with how you do this. But sometimes you can message a host, like if it's the day before or the day of or something like that, you can message a host and be like, hey, I saw your place. I was just curious since it's like so last minute, um, if you'd be willing to have like a last minute discount for this place because they're wanting, they're going to lose money if you don't stay there or they could still earn money and you save money. Um, so they can send you special offers. And that's totally with uh, Airbnb like terms and, and everything. That's totally legal. It happens all the time. So don't feel awkward as long as you're not like, being aggressive and abrasive with the host when you're messaging them, feel free to just message them if it's super last minute and ask if they're willing to offer any sort of discount for the last minute stay. Something else with lodging, um, this doesn't really fall under Airbnbs, but just in general, um, if you're wanting to travel places for cheap, think about locations that you can travel to where you know friends or family that are staying. Because then if you're really close with them, you can just ask to stay with them and then your lodging is pretty much free. So that's a really great option too, is to travel to places that you have friends or family where you know. Another great option for traveling for cheap for lodging is camping. Me and my husband, Andrew, love camping in national parks or state parks. When we travel, we just love camping because it gets you to the outdoors, but also it's just like way cheaper than a hotel or Airbnb. So that's another great option. Um, We also suggest for great options, either car or tent camp. Um, When me and my husband went to New Zealand, we rented a camper van, which is super big to do in New Zealand. Um, But that's a really great way too, because then you're combining your lodging and your rental car in one. And so it's pretty much cheaper than if you were to separate those and then book lodging and book a rental car. So that's another great way to kind of save on money is if you're down with that to do an RV or camper van, van situation type of lifestyle for a trip. All right. So next we're going to dive on into rental cars. Um, so pretty much similar with the hotel principle, pay attention to any sort of a memberships that you have. Costco travel, AAA, frequent flyer, like memberships or discounts or anything like that. Keep an eye on those. And then also keep an eye on like the budget sites like Kayak, Expedia. Um, just keep an eye on those. Also, booking through the airlines, again, those bundle deals usually can save you a ton of money. I know there was a time when I booked through Southwest on my flight and saved 30% on my rental car. Um, so that like can actually come in really clutch for you. Um, and then always check the website directly. So don't just trust like Expedia or whatever that you're searching for. Go directly to the rental car company and check their website. Another note with this is don't only check the website directly, but call the rental car company. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to book a trip or something and noticed that the rental car fee was like through the roof expensive. And I know what it was quoting me like three, six, eight months before because I'd sent a quote to my clients. Um, And so I knew that price was way, way, way too high. Like per day and like for the total amount of the trip was like through the roof high. So I went and I called the rental car company multiple times. This has probably happened like five or six times in the last like few years um, where I've called the company and been like, hey, I'm looking at these dates and this car and like just whatever's the cheapest. And it's usually like I've gotten 
200 off on like a four day trip um, with my rental cars. So like wiggle your way around on things like this. Be smart. Um, call the company, look at their website directly, book through the airline, all the things like that. And then I want to address this one because for anyone who doesn't know, I am 22. I have been traveling since and traveling alone, renting cars, flying, booking Airbnbs, all this stuff since I was 19. Um, and I get the question all the time of how the heck do you book a rental car when you're under 25? And it's actually a common myth that you cannot rent a rental car under 25. Um, you can. It's just expensive because they have a surcharge for an underage driver fee. But there is also a loophole for that. If you are a AAA member, which I am, you can rent through Hertz with the underage fee completely waived. The only thing I will say with that, so it's usually the underage fee is usually like $25 to $30 a day, which the cost of the rental car is usually roughly the same. So it's literally like doubling your price, which is just, whoa. Um, So the one thing I will say with that is... Usually you can't combine, like, for example, that one time I got the Southwest like 30% Hertz discount. For some reason, they did let me do the 30% discount and my rental like like driver fee waived. But I've tried to do it multiple times since then. And they're like, oh, we can't combine discounts like that. So the only downside I will say to uh, like traveling under 25 is that you usually can't like combine those discounts with anything else. But um, it's still like, cuts your price in half and you're able to rent a car. So if you're under 25, you're welcome. I got your back. <laughs> Go out there and rent a car. Just get AAA and rent through Hertz, which Hertz is amazing. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation that I could talk about. I love them. But yes. The next thing with rental cars is to when they ask you when you're renting, if you want to uh, fill it up when you return it or have them fill it up, always fill it up yourself. Um, it's 5 million times cheaper to do that yourself. And you can use apps like GasBuddy or just Google Maps to find the cheapest gas around the airport to refill. Okay, the other thing with rental cars is they usually ask you about insurance. So the thing to keep in mind here, be careful when you're doing this though. I don't want to like steer anyone wrong, but I know for a lot of travel credit cards, they have the like damage waiver or whatever covered on your card. Um, so your personal car insurance should extend over to your rental car. So for example, if you got into any sort of accident or like anything like that, your personal car insurance should already be covering you there. What the rental car is usually, or the rental company is usually trying to sell you on is the damage, um, like protection waiver, which is basically like your deductible. So if you, like got in a fender bender or like bumped the door or anything like that. It's whatever your deductible is on your personal insurance, which is usually like 500 or, you know, even higher a thousand, something like that. That's what the rental car is trying to like cover you with. And it's usually pretty expensive. But if you're traveling with a, like a travel credit card, I, most of those cover that deductible. So you can decline all insurance from the rental car company, which is really, really, really steep and expensive because your personal insurance is covering you for the majority of it. And then your credit card is covering that deductible. Um, so just keep in mind those two things. Please do your research on this. I do not want to steer you wrong and tell you to not get insurance and then you get in trouble. Um, but I know my personal business credit card, my travel credit card covers that deductible and my personal insurance covers me like I'm covered all the way around. There is nothing that I would pay. Um, so I decline all insurance because it's really expensive. So just do your research there, but that's another great way to save a ton of money on rental cars. Something else is to double check the price of each car type. Oftentimes economy 
like a the typical economy sedan is almost always cheaper, but sometimes you can be really surprised. Um, me and my husband were just booking a trip to California and the minivan was for some reason the cheapest. So minivan it is. <laughs> um, so always make sure that you're trying the cheapest. Sometimes it's not always obvious. I was also going to Maui one time for a wedding and a convertible, like a Mustang convertible was the cheapest. And I was like, what? Um, which <laughs> you wouldn't think that that was the cheapest, but it was. So just double check because sometimes what you think is the cheapest isn't always the cheapest. Another really cheap option for rental car is the app Turo. It's basically the same as Airbnb for lodging, but for rental cars. It's like you're renting actual people's cars that they put up on Turo. And it's usually a lot cheaper than like rental car companies. It's super great. The only thing I will say about Turo is that you have to pick it up and drop it off at the same location. Or pay more to have them deliver it, like to pick you up at the airport. Yes, exactly. So if you're doing like any sort of road tripping, you're planning to drop it off at a different airport because you're going up the coast of California or anything like that, that's not possible with Turo. So just keep that in mind when you're renting through Turo, but it does have a lot of cheaper options. Lastly, sometimes walking, public transportation, and or ride shares are actually cheaper in the long run. So if you're going to like a big city like New York City, like don't rent a car. Just use the public transportation. It's going to be so much better. Um, but do your research on that just to make sure if it would be cheaper to rent a car or to just take public transportation or just to walk if you're not going very far um, transportation-wise. Next up, let's talk about food. When you are traveling, food can easily be a huge money spender depending on how you do it. So a good hack is to buy larger meals. Um, if you are eating out, think of things like Chipotle. When you go to Chipotle, you can ask for more, like more meat, please, more guac, please, more rice, please, which sometimes might cost a little bit more money, like the guac. But if you ask for more, then usually they're going to give you like a massive amount and you can split that up into two meals. So even if you go out to a restaurant, order like a huge meal, like a steak or something, something that you know you might only eat half of and then you have a leftover. So you're kind of hacking that and making one meal two in the long run. Um, or if you're staying somewhere longer than two to three days, uh, get a hotel or Airbnb with a kitchen or like a kitchenette and then grocery shop and cook your own meals. It's way cheaper to grocery shop than to eat out every day. And oftentimes you can get things like eggs or salad that you can kind of extend throughout your whole trip. And that way it's way cheaper than eating out every day. Or one of my favorite meals when I'm traveling is like a stir fry. I usually get like a chicken stir fry with like rice and like a ton of veggies and like chicken. It's literally like it costs me pennies per meal. And it's really delicious, really healthy. And like, it's just solid. I'm basically paying like a dollar per meal when I do something like a stir fry. So keep in mind and just hack yourself that way. If you are road tripping, back to the example earlier, if you're not flying, if you're road tripping, something that's really helpful to do is prep your meals beforehand. Um, think of things that aren't perishable, like trail mix, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, salad mix, nuts. I guess salad, depending on if you use like you could uh, do dressing. a mason jar, salad, mm -hmm. um, things like that. Yeah, you can yeah. even do that when you're traveling too. You can even like, if you have space to put it in your, um, like your backpack or something, you can totally pack your own snacks and meals to be able to save money on the road. Totally. And, but if you are doing like a shorter road trip, something that me and Andrew did was we would, he's like the chef of our house and he's amazing. So he would prep our meals before we even left. And then if you're road tripping and you have space in your car, just like bring a small cooler. If you do have perishables, put it in there and you can, like pretty much prep your entire food for the whole trip so that way you don't have to eat out. And that's a huge money saver if you're on a budget. All right, guys, I know that was a ton of freaking random travel hacks for you. But those are all things that Lindsay and I have utilized over our years of travel to really cut down that bill and make it way more doable and manageable. So I hope that was helpful for you. Um, feel free to go check out the show notes if you want to get like a written like and print out the show notes or something where you want to see these hacks all in one place and be able to constantly reference back to them. Um, 
But if you guys want to come and check out some of our travels and just keep up with us and what we're doing, feel free to go follow us over on the gram at Evie Rupp, at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, and at the Heart University for all of our travel and education tips, tricks, hacks, things like that. Um, and we would love to see you guys in our online Facebook community for the Heart and Hustle podcast. That link will be in the show notes for you guys. We love being here with you guys every single week. This is so fun. And we would love to see you in that group and over on the gram. So we will chat with you later.